let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Opinions, and we are back at the Victoria Inn in Colchester. Again, I think this is like my third visit in five weeks, six weeks. <laughs> it's a more, you've visited more since you've left Colchester than, than I was here. Yeah. Although I'm driving today. You are, so you are on... Um... I'm on Ghost Ship 0.5, um, having stood at the bar in front of a Colonel Tap of India Pale Ale, with a duration West Coast IPA right beside it. Yeah. It's like Rich knew I was driving today. Well, rest rest assured, listeners, because I'll be taking one for the team, oh. and, and I'll be trying both of those Thanks, Steve. Late, later on. <laughs> but at the moment, I am on um, a beer from Grain Brewery, yeah. in, who are based uh, in Norwich, Yep. Uh, and this is called Redwood, so I'm on a, on a delightful cask uh, red owl. And it's it's absolutely again for the second show in a row. I'm I'm drinking drinking a localish cask red ale. Yeah, localish cask. Yeah. <laughs> no, it does look very nice. And to be fair, I think we've mentioned it before uh, to each other. Again, Grain is one of those breweries. That I think if we do see them on cask, we will have a pint of it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, they do because some stunning beers. You know, they are reliable. Yeah. That's not to, that's not to say they don't have some excellent beers, but. I haven't had a bad one either. No. So I don't, you know, you're, I'm willing to part with my cash even when they bring something new out. Yeah. So I would have gone for that if I'd been there. Uh, oh, mate, honestly, it's, it's again, been... it's got, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm having a real good run of, of red owls at the moment. Um, it's just got that lovely, that lovely spicy bitterness to it. There's, there's, a, there's a little bit of a citrus tang in there and, and it just finishes so smooth on the palate. A little bit of sweetness as well. Just, just a tiny little bit in there just nice. to round it all off. It's, it's a really, really good red out. Yeah, I'm, shut I'm up I'm really happy. Sorry. Shut up now. So you wait till I start getting into the IPAs <laughs> later, mate. You'd be like trolling me on air. Yeah, but that's that's all right though because you you had an opportunity to troll me this this past weekend, didn't you? Yes. You, you got to go off and do something without me. Yeah, I had uh, the, the beery adventure. Leicester. Now, I'd never been to Leicester before, so I had no idea where I was going to. And the occasion was the uh, the East versus West Midlands. So, uh, men behaving badly, uh, doing a bit of a crossover with uh, Beers Without Frontiers. Um, you'll be able to listen to both both shows and uh, some really, really good beers that both podcasts brought along with them. And to be honest, we just had a, we had a ball recording and a good fun before and after as well. So, first place where we all uh, met up, was uh, the Blue Boar, and that was about 10 minute walk from the station, and really nice pub. It had a bit of a mix between a micro pub feel versus a traditional, but it was still very much a pub, but it was definitely all that sort of uh, wood. There was yeah. a lot of wood there. Excellent uh, cask beer list. Um, they even had some beers from North Riding Brew Pub, not just North Riding, from the Brew Pub. Um, so they had a very modern, they still had a nice big screen up with all the beers that are on. The two keg beers, definitely the only two keg beers they had were um, an impy stout and a barley wine. We didn't have that at one o'clock in the afternoon. We thought better of it. But I did have the, the mosaic from North Riding. I had a porter from Beatnik. And I had a pale ale from uh, Panoma. Oh, nice. So it's a really nice yeah. mix of beers. All really well kept. Really good. Then we went down the road to a place called Two-Tailed Lion. And I think this is where we were thinking about recording beforehand, but they had a bit of a double book. So, but I had a really nice feeling there, much more on the craft beer. It was all taps, but they still, it was taps at the back of the bar, but they still had free cask at the front. But it very much had a wine bar feel. You wouldn't be out, you, I think if you were going for a date, 
and so it was early, those early days when you're everyone's thinking about where you want really where you want to go definitely a place you could go as a date because it looked like they had other drinks as well nice few nice little spots upstairs bit as well and then we went around to where we did the recording in a bar called Tun um, I think it's got some sort of Scandinavian ilk to it because it had that funny O mm. with a line for it they give us all of upstairs had a really good time some really good beer list again um, I did dip into the Lervig pills at one point because it was just like yeah, actually, that's just what what I want right now because we've done some big beers. I'll have I'll have a lovely pills, which is just fantastic, as we both said before. And uh, they had a dartboard upstairs as well. So in between switching over from recording one show to the other one, I was throwing a few arrows. It's quite good fun. Happy days for you, then, arrows yeah. and craft beer. Well, I was quite happy with that. So yeah, that was the beer adventure. I mean, that was the whole day. A few train beers either side of that as well. And surprisingly, all of my trains were were okay. That's unusual. Yeah, so I'm quite glad the storm didn't come any earlier. Yeah. And it was starting to get a bit windy, but yeah, all the connections. But yeah, an hour, and if you stay on that train, you're Derby, then Sheffield. So it's pretty good. It's not, it's not bad at all, is it's it? It's not a bad yeah. route, that one. And uh, like I said, really good fun. Those were the three places we went to. We did go past the Brewdog, and they did mention a few other places. So it sounds like there are a few places you could go to in Leicester and still have a pretty good day out. Mm. But yeah, nice Good to see, good to see them, and I uh, hope everyone takes the opportunity to listen to the to the podcast. Well, we'll put um, we'll put links in the show notes to, to both of, of Beers Without Frontiers and Men Behaving Badly's podcast feeds. So if if the shows aren't out yet, you'll be able to find them, and, and you don't already subscribe, yeah, then, then you'll be able to find them through through links in the show notes. But yeah, good day out. Excellent. Um, well, let's jump, jump, jump straight into the news then, because yeah. I've, I've, got, I've got nothing to share. I've not really been up to anything. Um, and there's just a few things this week. So the, the first one is, is something that I picked up. Uh, I picked this up on Twitter, actually. So this um, was initially from a fellow called Brian D. Roth, at Brian D. Roth. Uh, I think he's based in the States. But basically he was saying that Sierra Nevada's Hazy Little Thing IPA continues to be transcendent for the 40-year-old company. Uh, it's starting its third year by more than doubling January 2019 sales and is solidly Sierra's number two brand now, surpassing Torpedo IPA. Um, sold about 9,000 barrels more than Torpedo um, in January 2019 and uh, about 27.4% more than Torpedo in the first four weeks of 2020. Now, I, I think that the, the reason why I've picked that up as news is because I actually think that's quite um, interesting in terms of the the hazy or, or the trend towards hazy beers and a, a company like Sierra Nevada who are renowned for their West Coast style beers have got a hazy beer. Um, I don't know whether it's New England styling. Doesn't look particularly hazy in the picture you've just sh- just shown me. It look, it look, well, I would say it's probably got that hazy look. Yeah. So almost like uh, like you can get with some of the kernel beers sometimes, just with the, the all the natural ingredients, rather than looking like a murk. Yeah. And that does, doesn't surprise me from Sierra Nevada. Does it say whether it's a is it a New England style? So in here it Wise. is described as IPA New England, and I, the reason why I went to have a quick look on and uh, to have a look at it, so I thought, well, it surpassed Torpedo, and I was thinking, well, maybe that's just because you know Torpedo is a bigger beer. Yeah, but Hazy Little Thing still comes in at six point seven apparently. Okay, and Torpedo's around about the same, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So yeah. it's not like they've gone gone for the say five percent or a little bit under for the Hazy Little Thing. So. 
But yeah, I mean, the picture looks like, I would say, definitely looks like haze for days rather than fruit juice murk. Yeah. I just think it's really interesting in terms of trends. Yes. And, and, and it, it, I would suggest that particularly with a, with a brewery the size of, of Sierra Nevada would suggest that it's no longer really a trend and it's not going away anytime soon, is it? It's no, but I think what you're doing is here to stay now. What you might get is a bit more balance. Yeah, and again, I would tr- I would try hazy little things from Sierra Nevada because I like. Because I trust the brand. Yeah, Pale Ale is still one of the classic beers. Yeah, and the Torpedo I've always enjoyed as well. So if they've brought out six point seven, but doesn't look like it's just fruit full of yeast and fruit. Then I'm quite happy to give that one a go. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'd agree with your your sentiment. But yes, let's face it. There's a reason why they've done it. There's Absolutely. A reason why? It, yeah. They've moved over to it. It is coming a past torpedo. It's around about the same sort of strength. Yeah. New England style IPAs, however you class them, are here. Are, are here. Yeah. They're not. They're not going anywhere no. anytime soon. Um, next news story is probably one that you couldn't have missed. In, in the last couple of weeks. Highly uh, unlikely, anyway. And it's been a while since we've mentioned Brewdog <laughs> in, in the news. But um, Brewdog went through a fairly significant rebrand, one one could say. Yep. And at the same time, kind of set out a manifesto for where they want to go, kind of environmentally as, as, as well. Sustainable, so, a sustainable purpose. Yeah. There's so many big... Cu- and this is where you have to say that... Although Brewdog, I would still always claim to be the underdog compared to some a lot of the other big breweries. Big companies, in my experience these days, are always looking to have a message, a purpose, and a link to sustainability. It's a really big thing that investors look for. Really yeah. big thing that investors look for. Yeah. So let's let's take each of those uh, independently. Um, so so first of all, the, the rebrand. Um, very much a change in direction from their, their previous brand of sort of things written sideways on, 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 on cans with kind of not even artwork behind it, but very blocky kind of imagery behind it to a very, very clean, simple n- new look. So obviously there was a lot of discussion on social media uh, about the brand, about what it looks like, what it doesn't look like how many other breweries it looks like um and i'm yet to see it out in the wild um it is very clear and to the point their new branding very much does what it says on the tin um does it i mean the font the font uh so all the pictures they showed of all the different beers and cans the font was very same the shield was very same but i didn't get the mixture of colors and the picture still looked a little bit out. Well, I mean, we've, we've got the picture of Punk IPA in front yeah. of us. And, and my, my comment of it does what it says on tin. It, it clearly says Punk IPA. It's postmodern classic, Brewdog. And then there's there's some other labelling around it. Um, I, I wasn't a fan when I first saw it. But like most things, the more you've kind of seen it on social media, the, the more you're kind of looking at it and saying, well, actually, is, is this... Is this Brewdog's brand maturing? Has it has it grown up from from what it was? So if, if you think back to the original Brewdog brand, and it was it was just the the, the shield and the dog, wasn't it? And mm-hmm. then it evolved to what it was 
previously, and and now it's evolved to this. So so is is this a sign that that their that their, their branding has has, has matured? I agree with you, but why not have all the cans look the same? Look look absolutely the same. Yeah, mm. with different colours. So they've already got the colours for each beer. So you've already got your distinctions between the beers. Their Pony Club still green. It's still got elements of green in it. Yeah. But I don't understand why the the shield and the stripe isn't the same across. Why the each got to be different? Yeah. Yeah. Because I would say that it actually the only thing that's definitely on brand is that bit in the middle, which is the shit, which is the Brewdog Punk IPA, Brewdog Their Pony Club is all the same font, and the brewed in Ellen kind of thing. But it felt like it still didn't feel like they were all the same. I don't understand it. I I neither like nor dislike it. I don't un, I don't understand it equally. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what it looks like on the supermarket shelf. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of people saying it looks very generic. Now it looks very much like the, the likes of Aldi and Lidl who do their own brand um, supermarket the, beers. It it looks no different from those. But maybe that's what they're going for. So middle of the road. Yeah. Why not? Because that's where that's where more money gets spent. Yeah. The yeah. more money gets spent by the middle of the road crowd, and the they know now, especially in supermarkets with the likes of Tesco and Waitrose and even M and S still, but they're putting more and more other beers in there. Then perhaps they want to be more in that middle ground. So the people who are going there to buy one or two cans, or three for a five or four for seven, whatever it might be, right? Well, Brewdog going right, we'll let you have those, mm. but. You can get a mixed case of twelve for like fifteen quid of this, which puts them in closer to the bigger boys anyway. It's and but they're selling the quantity, they're shifting stuff. Yeah. Let's face it. When you're in a Brewdog bar, you're unlikely to buy a can anyway because you're going to buy something off the tap list. Well, you know, not buying Punk IPA in Brewdog yeah, bars. Yeah, exactly. Not not the price that they charge for it. That's and for, you know the beers aren't. Sure. You know the beer the Punk IPA for me isn't tasting anywhere near. No, no, for me it's been it's really it's, it's been off fallen off a cliff off for a while. Yeah, I, I I bought some over Christmas and I I ended up not being able to drink them because I just really really wasn't enjoying how it was tasting. Yeah, and I'm not I don't want to drink five point six percent of beer for no real va- added value. Well, no, not the added when value I, for me is the flavour. Not when I can step up a couple more percent and I can drink Jai Paul. or step down and have a Riney, mate. Oh yeah, that's. I mean, I'll get more of it that way, yeah, but for exactly. much less. Exactly. So <laughs> I, I, I don't. I think everyone obviously did have an opinion about it or have thoughts about it. I, I always find rebranding a bit of an odd thing. Sometimes I feel a rebrand is mainly just to re-energize, re-energize rather than for a really good yeah. reason. There's a whole thing around it, a whole ethos around it. I don't. I still don't understand why they don't look the same, just different colours. And also, would if they'd rebranded their Pony Club. Because I suggested it work recently about not having punk anymore. One, because it's not tasting that great, but also it is 5.6%. And for some work things, maybe we don't need a 5.6% beer. Yeah. And the guys at Spates who said, well, actually, we try, yeah, obviously we trust you on your flavours and knowledge and stuff like that. So, but I don't think we can have a beer in here called Dead Pony Club. Oh, really? Yeah. Just because the name, the connotations, yeah. the imagery, which it will bring up, regardless of the message behind it, a beer called Dead Pony Club to the uninitiated they're going to go no oh, I'm not so sure about that yeah. so yeah a bit of a shame about that you know what the answer is gone Jack well that's not going to help is it <laughs> I, I, I wasn't suggesting to work to step up from 5.6 Jack Hammer's <laughs> coming back isn't it that's, <laughs> that's all that matters is, is that Jack Hammer's coming back it best be in a green can and it best be tasting as good as when they t- took it away agreed and agreed <laughs> don't muck around with those bits yeah 
Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, only time will tell. Uh, it'll be be interesting to hear from our listeners what their thoughts are yeah. on, on the BrewDog branding. Let us know. Use the hashtag opinions. Uh, at the same time as, as launching the rebrand, they, they launched the thing called BrewDog Tomorrow, um, which the first line of, of the, when, when you go onto the website, is we've grown and we've grown up. Um, and they're saying how they've come a long way in 13 years. Uh, but now is the time to be radical in everything that they do. Uh, they believe the best solutions will come through transparency, collaboration, and sharing every aspect of our business to accelerate change in our industry. And then they've got um, six initiatives that they've already launched as well, and mm-hmm. I, I find these quite interesting. So the first one is called Cans for Equity, which is trading 50 of your empty cans to become a BrewDog equity punk. Now, I first looked at that and I was like, what? I, I paid for my shares, but now they want me to trade. Now you can trade in old cans to get a share, and then I worked out that actually fifty cans is going to cost you more than the price of a single share when I paid it anyway. Plus, storing up fifty cans, unless you've take got, up quite a bit of space. Yeah, so unless you've got a box to put them in specially, and then I'm well, I've got, I'll have to bring I'd have to bring that box on the train. Yeah, into London, wander down to Tower Hill over London's time with a box of empty cans. Or you have one of those things like our friend Clayton's got, where you actually squash the can. Yeah, can squash. Most, yeah. I don't imagine. You know, I think it's a great idea because it's a good, it's a good way of reminding people. This is there to remind people to recycle, isn't it? Yeah, and is is it just their cans, or can you recycle fifty of any cans? So it's not, there's not enough detail. No, in this initial uh, my, release about it. My immediate thought was they they really want to see people doing brew dog cans, yeah. which I think would be fair enough to be honest. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, second one is indie trash cans, so they're giving waste the second life with upcycling um, of old cans. So the cans that have been, you know, recycled through the system, they'll be using those for beer. Uh, number three is once beer vodka. So imperfect beer makes great vodka. So instead of throwing it out, we distill it for less waste and higher standards. So I'm assuming that's any beer that's gone wrong or isn't quite yeah. right. They're just going to distill it and turn it into vodka. Although a few people jumped on that bit. Saying, well, how much bad beer do they have? Well, I don't care how much bad beer they produce as long as it doesn't. They don't charge me for it and sell it to me. As long as it doesn't make it out into the the, the yeah. beer system. Yeah. Now, forget taking into account what I said about Brudo. I actually don't think punk is a bad beer. I just don't think it's a beer I particularly want to drink anymore. Yeah, it's not what it once was. Yeah. So and, think, and even of recent times, it's yeah. not what it once. No, that's was. what I'm saying. So I think we we all know there was a a starting point. Then I, I think they got to quite a good happy medium, and I think that happy medium has gone off now as well. But it's not a bad beer. Yeah. There are still a lot of people who drink their beer. So if you've got bad beer, rather than throwing it away, when they say that it takes five to six pints of water for every pint of beer, surely this is a good thing. But literally people jumped on that and said, well, how much bad beer do they make then? So what? Well, well we know certainly from what they did with Overwork. They chucked all of that. Apparently they, they threw away a load of it in the first year because they simply weren't happy with yeah. it. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's a loss. Yeah. So if they found a way which means they're not losing as much money and they're not throwing away valuable resources, I say good luck to them. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, number four is DIY Dog, which is um, they're going to encourage more people to brew at home, to, to take up home brewing. I'm, I'm assuming they that that's going to link into the, the, the book of recipes that they have and helping people to start to home brew. Um, number five is BrewDog Brew ha- Freehouse, which is they're going to make all their beer knowledge available and open source from recipes and new brew standards to impact accountability reports. So they're, they're, it sounds like they're opening up their business entirely for people to look at. 
Yep, which is a good thing because again, um, a lot uh, again, a lot of companies will add this now into their financial reports. Yeah, as well. How? What's their footprint? What's their impact? Mm-hmm. What are they doing to offset? And they must have a way of measuring that. Then there will be. be there, it has right to be now. measurable. The last one is Tomorrow Fund, which is investing a million a year in research and initiatives that help the industry to have a positive impact on the world. Um, I mean, that's setting out where they want to go, isn't it? Yeah, I've got no problem with that. That I've got no, again. There'll be plenty of and I haven't particularly seen it, but I'm sure there's plenty of people who will be cynical about it. And yes, I'm sure they're doing it. Again, businesses have a responsibility, but they're still a business to make money. If you can combine those two things, good luck to you. Yeah. That's what I say. Don't, don't, people don't need to worry about it. If they're doing something that's good and they get benefit as well as the planet, consumers, brilliant. Go for it. Nice and clear. They've said what they're doing. And let's face it, now that they've said it, and because it's BrewDog, People will will hold them accountable. Absolutely, yeah. They will be held. Yeah. They're, they're held. They are held to quite a high standard because of the noise they do make about things. Yeah. So you know they will have to do it now. Yeah. Good on them. I mean, I'd I'd like to see if if all that gets implemented, implemented, and this time next year we see an impact report of of those six things with and now here's the next. Yeah, two I mean, or three things that we're going to do might be year to eighteen months depending on when their their accounts come out and when their statements yeah. come out and how they want to do their measuring what period they want to do it but I would have thought they they will update us yeah and I'll, I'll look forward to that yeah, day same here and finally for the news and um, more breaking news again more breaking news so this is the second show in a row now that, that... it's broken on the day we're recording yeah yeah um, and this is it's another one of those so um, the Portman Group have uh, upheld a complaint against Taras Bulba for their the, the bottled version of their beer and the imagery on it, which depicts a man holding a keg of beer above his head, looking like he's about to throw it on a man laying on the floor. Why? Because that label on its own would encourage anyone having that beer to do exactly the same thing. Because yeah. lifting a full keg of beer over your head is so easy. It's possible, which is which is something I think every time I watch The World's Strongest Man. Yeah. And when they throw You're the thinking, empty oh, kegs I over. I could do that. Yeah. Um, so this, but, but this is a, a slightly different um, way that the complaint has been made. So every time they re-release and update the code of practice on the naming, packaging and promotion of alcoholic drinks... Um, they commission an independent audit of the market to measure compliance. So in 2019, last year, they obviously introduced the sixth edition of the code. They commissioned Zenith Global to carry out an audit of 500 products which were randomly selected from the market. Um, and Zenith were concerned that the Taras Bulwer imagery might breach the code of practice. Therefore, it was reported to um, the panel. The panel upheld it um, and they're suggesting that uh, Brasserie de la Seine have entered an unfamiliar market and it was noted that the producers could use stories and satire as well as well-designed labels, packaging and alcoholic products without breaching the code. However, they felt that the label depicting the man um, was connected to violence and in, in alcohol. Um, and the ruling once again highlights how important it is for producers, both small and large, to make sure they use the free advisory service before launching their product in the UK. So... I think there's a few points there that we're probably going to pick apart, aren't there? <laughs> well, it's just, it's, uh, for me, the, well, regardless of the few individual points, it still sounds like a load of bollocks to me. Just, just say say what you mean, mate. It's <laughs> fucking ridiculous. It really is. I mean, how widely available are Terrace Bulba bottles anyway, for starters? 
Um, M&S, I want to say M&S, or Waitrose have them. It wouldn't surprise me it's Waitrose, because let's face it. Oh, it'd probably be the fella in that particular well, Waitrose. I know they always... they've done it on the audit, but, yeah. um, I, you know. But normally it's an online purchase, Terrace Bulba. It's not that widely available in no, the UK. No, um, it's not really encouraging for the import market, is it? No, that they've got to comply. So we, we don't know how long Terrace Bulba have had that label. It may have adorned their beers and keg fonts for many a year. And now all of a sudden they're expected to comply to a UK code of practice to, what, a great cost to them, produce a different label for the UK? Well, apparently. Are they more likely to just say, okay, then what with, what with what's happened recently with the, with the UK anyway, we just won't bother letting you have our beer anymore? I would probably consider doing that. Yeah. I mean, but however, I mean, it doesn't stop me when I go over to Belgium, presumably picking some up for personal consumption with that label on it and obviously still trying to pick up a full keg of beer and launch it at someone. Yeah, yeah. You have to make sure you do that every time. It's yeah, yeah. It's, no, it's, it's, well, it's, it's compulsory, wanna, isn't it? I want to throw a keg at someone. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean... It's, I, I'm not impressed with that one. I, I'm not. That From 500 products, that was the one that stood out. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. So, you know, what, what else were they looking at? And, you know... Was it a case of, okay, the Portman Group have hired Zenith, therefore they've paid a probably decent wedge of a fee. We have to find something. A bit like any auditors when they come into your organisation. They can't leave empty-handed. Yeah. They can't turn around and say, we looked at 500, actually, we thought they were all fine. Yeah, thanks for the money, though. Yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, so we'll see you, you next time. Here you go. Here, here, here's a sacrificial lamb we can we can hand over for you. Yeah. I'm incredibly cynical about that one. It isn't that. That, that one doesn't... It's, un, it's such an unlikely... Uh, form of violence. Yes. Yeah. That. That's. That's it. That's it. Um, Using as, the bottle that they depicted someone with a bottle similar to the bottle of beer you're actually drinking. Understand it. Yeah. Definitely understand it because that's accessible. That can happen. That does happen. The, the other one is so unlikely. Yeah. Um, not that fussed about it. It would put me off if I was Bradley Delisson. At well, at the moment, as as we recall now, um, Delisson haven't issued a statement because normally breweries will come back. And, and issue a statement so we'll make sure that we follow up on this one yeah. for, for the next show to see if Delisson have, have, have made comment uh, about it and I outlined what they prepare uh, preparing to do as a result of that yep yeah, and uh, if we do have any information for that maybe our, our upcoming guest on the show will also have a view which may, yes. be, may be completely different to mine yeah so Indeed. we'll wait and see we can only see yeah but we'll, we'll mention that at the end of the show yeah um, we've almost finished our first Beer. Beers. Uh, <laughs> how was your 0.5% ghost ship? I know ghost ship. Obviously, well, <laughs> well documented that ghost ship uh, on cask is one of my favourite beers. As um, a 0.5 version, it, it bears some of the similarities. It's obviously not quite the same, but it's it's one of my go-to low no beers now because it's fairly accessible as well. Yeah, it's quite nice to have it as an option in the Vic. At a fairly sensible price as well. Yeah. Have you tried the um, the Thornbridge, the milk stout, the little by little yet? No. No, I haven't. I haven't. So that's a point. Yeah, I would like to try that. Another thing that well. Adams have brought out, and I know you wouldn't have any interest in trying it, is the... The not, cider. The cider. Yeah. Because that, in my head, a bit like I've said before, with some of the... Uh, with some of the saisons and sours and stuff, I can see the cider as a low, no version working. Because... You know, because that is, is 
the, the apple flavour, the, the the wild wave, I think, which I think is what it's called, is is a really I think a really nice cider anyway. Very fresh, crisp. Yeah, you've said that before. Yeah. So the 0.5 version, I will be interested what that's like. Uh, to have a, another option is quite quite interesting. You uh, finished the Redwood? I did. All nice all the way down? Thoroughly enjoyed it, yeah. Yeah? Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, would happily go back for a second pint of that. Cool. I mean, obviously, Possibly, I'd drive off and third. leave you if you did that, but yeah. hey, um, yeah. you're going to taunt me later anyway. I, I am. Um, listeners would have heard, while, while you were uh, summing up there, that I, I did open um, a beer that you are going to try a, a yeah. sip of today. Yeah, only, only a small amount. So, so this was uh, gifted to us on the Crimbo Crawl yeah. by Terry who is at Greyhound1 Greyhound on, on, on Twitter. And this is from uh, a new brewery um, for me, uh, Broaden and Build Brewing Company, um, who are based in Copenhagen. Uh, and this is a IPA with C. Buckthorn at 6.1%. Yep, so firstly, thank you very much, Terry, for gifting us that. We have got... Um, Another can that you gave us that we're going to save for the next show as well. Um, we, we should highlight because it hasn't fitted into any shows. It's probably a couple of months since we. It's a good couple of months since we got this. In fact, probably ran about exactly two months since yeah. Terry yeah. handed this over to us. But I'm ready to see what it's like. Let's, let's give it a try. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. It's got an interesting nose on it. Yeah. Sort of a. It's definitely a. It's that uh, tropical fruit squash rather than any particular one. Yeah, fruit. Some it's a little bit just ever so slightly dank on it as 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 well. Like not, and and by that I mean kind of when you get like the wet leaves, that, yeah. that sort of dankness. Not 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 a hot dankness. Flavors interesting. Again, for me, those tropical fruit squash notes come through. A little bit dry. Yep, yeah. um, I'm completely with you on tropical squash. Yeah. Um, Does it tell us much more? It does. Um, sea buckthorn, yes, it's the quintessential Nordic ingredient. The tannins and sourness from the sea buckthorn ignite this mosaic and equinox forward IPA. The juice is loose. Um, ingredients, water, barley, spelt, hops, yeast, sea buckthorn. So no oats used used in this. Yeah, because it, it, it hasn't got a thick mouthfeel. And it yeah. definitely, a bit like the Panoma beer I had at the weekend, it puts me in mind of having orange barley squash, yeah. as in visually. But this is definitely much more the the tropical version. Yeah, yeah. There is just, there is a dryness rather than just one note. There's a dryness on the finish yeah. there. It's actually it's not unpleasant. It's I'll be honest, it's definitely a beer I wouldn't have picked up though. No, I would have been instantly put off by the sea buckthorn. I think. Yeah, but it again, and this is quite handy when someone does gift you something like yeah. this. It's like you are going to try it. You're going to find out what it's like. And it's it's not unpleasant. Actually. Although I don't actually know what sea buckthorn is, I'm assuming it's a, a form of seaweed. I've got or no idea. But I'm just, some plant. I'm just basing it on the uh, what they actually said it brings to the party rather than what yeah. it is. But yeah, I'm quite enjoying that. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll continue to drink that as we um, dive into what is going to be the first of two questions this week. Opinions, 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 opinions. So there's two polls this week. Um, two parts to a wider conversation that, that we want to have yeah that's a good way of putting it and maybe the polls don't necessarily reflect where the conversation's going to go but we wanted to get a feel for where people sat yeah. with, with, with these so the first question we asked was uh, is the standard UK pint measure of 568 mils simply too much 
yes and no. Uh, 829 votes, uh, 84% of people saying no, 16% of people saying yes. Now, before we dive into uh, listeners' comments on this one, I'm going to go straight in with our views on this one, okay. because these these polls were very much your brainchild <laughs> and a, a, a thought that you had. And this this is what happens when I hand over creative control, listeners. <laughs> um, we, we end up going on a wild tangent. Um, but, but yeah, so, so where... Where's your thinking on this, and and, and where we where will we go in with these these two polls? Okay, so the thought it's been gestating in my head for a while about size of drinks and the the the, the glass 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 size it goes into, and it really came really came out when we had our day out here for Sean's birthday. I'm cruelly a number one fan at the start of January. Well, apart from uh, one or two beers, I think one, maybe one beer in uh, the Queensbury Brewhouse, the Belgian place, and the Pluto in the Vic from Torside, very much every time it was around, it's like, I'll have a pint. Well, I'll have a pint of that, pint of that, pint of that. Now, don't get me wrong, I love ordering a pint, but I also was in the States and I was able to order a pint, but it was about 100 milliliters less. I think it's 473, mm. something around there. And there are just times when I default to a pint because that is what I've been brought up on. That's what I've always seen on TV. It's order a pint. You know, it's very rare you see, it's not like it doesn't happen, but you see it. Also, I, you know, someone said here about go Shell Quilani. I get what you're saying. You wouldn't want to order two thirds, but I wouldn't mind still ordering a pint, just less liquid in it. And I don't mean paying the same price. How can you have less liquid in a pint? Well, because... A pint's a pint. Well, yeah, but a pint has... Like I said, in the States, it's 473 versus over here, 568. So I can still order a pint in both countries, but I'm consuming a lot less liquid. You add that up, that amount of liquid, then but I won't have drunk over a long period of time. As someone who loves beer and loves running, some these two things are two of the biggest interests of my life. They're not always quite com- as compatible as I'd like them to be. Okay, yeah, yeah, I see where you're going with that. But I would still like, and I, I still like having a pint. And the Amer- some of the American pint glasses are really very nice. Some of my favourite ones are like that. You know, effectively the ones which they sell like in track for the two the two third size with a, mm-hmm. a decent head measure. So that's really where I was coming about it. It's not, and and it wouldn't be about abolishing the pint. I just love the fact that. I could drink, still have a pint, still chat to people, not be rushing back to and from the bar, but at the same time consume less liquid. Okay, so let's let, let's caveat this then as well with what what we wasn't saying with these polls was there shouldn't be pints. That, I wasn't even because saying there shouldn't I think, be. I, th- I think a few people were like, "What? Yes. What, what are you asking here?" And and that's 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 not what we were asking what we were asking was and I think you, you put it really well there is, is is that sometimes on when you're on an extended drinking session is is, is a pint can, can constantly drinking pints be too much but but obviously if, if we if we put all the words in a in, in a poll we, we wouldn't get as many responses and also people would send people to sleep if we tried to explain it all. yeah so yeah. sometimes you have to ask the baseline question and then poll number two, Folded it up a little bit, and that's where we can talk a bit more about the sizes and stuff. Yeah. But that's that's where I was coming from. Okay. It was definitely inspired by that day because we did have a, quite a good session, but I still left it about half eight, nine o'clock, and I knew I'd been on it during the day. Yeah, well, I think if you look back, and and I I, I will say that my view is very much the, the the same as yours. I think sometimes if if it's an extended session, yes, sometimes just the volume of liquid 
can can be too much as yeah. well because you do just find yourself constantly going to the toilet and th- there are times when you're just like you know what I'm actually just full now I and, and that is also one of the reasons why I then forget to eat yeah because I'm because I'm, I'm full, full I feel full my belly's full <laughs> my belly's full of liquid I'm fine thank you very yeah. much but I, I think if for me if you look back to the Crimbo Crawl in, in, in Manchester we started the day on a pint of pint yep. in, in Marble Arch because it's the law yeah. that's, that's what you have to do I think we then had our next pint was in track where we had a pint of Sonoma because yep. it only comes in pints. Yep. I think we then had a pint of Colonel in because Paul that Street. Only came in pints. Because it only comes in pints. And then I think um, I think also then had a pint of the Don Zoco Northern Hells in Cafe Beermoth because I just needed something refreshing. I had a pint of Terrace Bulga. So through did you want to throw a keg at someone? I managed to avoid it. Okay. I mean, if I did, if I did look like I was about to, then obviously there's enough people there who would have known. It would have stopped you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so throughout uh, what ended up being a twelve-hour yeah. day of drinking, I only actually drank four pints throughout that day. We quite we we made a very informed decision after that first pint of pint to drop down to, to halves and, and two-thirds. And, Mar- and some of our comments will cross over with the poll number two as well. Yes, yeah. But they also do schooners in Marble Arch, don't they? They do, yeah. So Which is two-thirds. There or thereabouts, isn't it? I, I think, uh, or is it exactly? Uh, no, I think it's I think it's two-thirds, yeah. But, and again, nice glassware, still looks like you're having a decent-sized decent yeah. pour, but you haven't had the full pint. And we for a couple of the beers, we stepped down to the schooner size as well. Yeah. And for a couple of the beers which we thought we haven't had before, we'll just go for the the half. So we did. We we were able to mix it up fairly comfortably while we were in the Marble Arch. Yeah. Let's see what some of um, the people were saying then about uh, this first question, which was around uh, is a pint too much. So Harry Trice at HD Trice uh, still has a place for me. Session strength cask in particular. Can you imagine ordering two thirds of Marbles Pint or Ghost Ship or Landlord? I, I think Harry there was very specifically pointing at us with those three beers. Yeah, yeah. It's de- I mean, it's not like those beers haven't been mentioned by us more than once across the show. No. So uh, he's definitely proved that he's listened in the past. Yes. Yeah. Um, Gavin Hutsby at Segwain eighty two. I think it's fine, but I think all venues that serve beer should now offer the four sizes. Gives people a bit more flexibility and might encourage more responsible drinking. I tend to alternate on the size of my drinks dependent on the beer or mood or even the environment. That's an interesting point, and I think again that does dovetail quite nicely into poll number two as well. Yeah, yeah, which which we're coming to. Yeah, obviously. Uh, Pub Curmudgeon at Old Mudgy. For some purpose, it has to. For some purposes, it has too much, but British people seem entirely happy with it as the standard measure for most beers. Um, and then from Rip Studley at Clement underscore Boo. I would not be upset at all if the pint was uh, replaced with the American 16-out measure. It's wild how much the difference 100 milliliters makes in ease of finishing a drink. So I think it's what, what you opened this section yeah, with, wasn't it? I hadn't even seen that before. Uh, from Richard Weir at Rich underscore W27. Session? Session? Session. The lack, the lack of beer is affecting you today. Yes, yes. No, it's, it hasn't been a help at all, has it? <laughs> Sorry, it won't happen again for a while. Uh, Milds are bloody great in pints, and I'm probably in the minority here, but I like the two-third measure as well. And I think I think he's saying the minority here about loving miles, maybe, rather than just... Yes, yeah. I think it's more the mild comment yeah. than the, the pint of it. Uh, Sarah Maxfield at Sarah underscore Maxfield. 
Depends on the beer and where you are. If I'm out and about and wanting to try lots of different beers, a pint feels way too much, particularly on higher ABV beers. If you're in a beer garden, a pint is great. Don't think it's too much, but think different measures should be offered. That's, that's a good shout, actually. And again, and again, like we say, this is very much going to cross over with the second part yeah. as, as well. Uh, Rich Cooler at R Cooler. It's an awkward measure. Personally, I'd like it be a beer to be priced per 100ml and servable in whatever volume I want. No, I thought that was a really interesting comment, that one. Interesting comment, and I think it's a great idea. I think you'd be putting a lot of pressure on uh, places you're going to, not just with the pricing per 100 millilitres, but then glassware to go with, well, I'll have 250, please. Yeah. Does your till allow for all those different variations? How, how do you get the measure in the glass? Yeah. And, and I, I think the thing is... I'm picturing that bit in Die Hard when they've got the, the three gallons and the five gallons <laughs> yeah. trying to get to the four or something. And, and I'm sure someone will correct me here if I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty sure legally we're, we're only allowed to serve one third, half, two thirds and a pint. I've, I'm pretty uh, certain legally that's true. only those measures can be served, which is why the all-in beer festivals are sold on the basis of entry and tasters yes rather than measures because I've, you can't actually you can't actually charge for a measure of 100 mil yeah beer. i think that's been mentioned before hasn't yeah it, as well yeah i'm sure someone will correct me if i'm yeah. wrong there uh from richard taylor at rich taylor 1608 i mean we could almost go down and get him to read out his own points today but we? he's had enough air time on this show as well yeah uh, and, and enough love <laughs> from our listeners uh us and uk pints are different sizes but still called pints so i'm guessing the mileage doesn't make any difference in name is 568 mil too much depends on the beer just avoid a Flemish pint as only 250 mil and opt for a Canadian pint de beer which is 1136 mil hashtag opinions hashtag thanks wiki so I was really impressed until the point where he put thanks wiki he clearly got that he should have dropped that that last hashtag yeah (laughs) Uh, from Pete at hops and hoops Voted no because a world where I couldn't neck a cold pint of Hells or Pills now following a brisk walk to the pub on a southern evening is a world I don't want to contemplate. However, choice in vessel size is vital when a range of styles and ABVs are on offer. And I think a few of the comments were starting to lead towards, lead towards yeah. what we were sort of getting to as well. Yeah. From uh, your boy Rob Edwards uh, at Rob Edwards 90. I don't want to live in a world where I can't get 568 millilitres of cask marble pint. I love the way specific beers have been associated yes. with own 568 yeah. millilitres. It's brilliant. Uh, just for the record, me neither, Rob. Me <laughs> neither. Uh, from Joshua Howes at Joshua A. Howes. Voted no, but going off topic a bit, I wish they would change the horrible half glasses you normally get for cask beer. On the occasions where I do want a half, the glass alone often encourages me to go for a full pint that I don't really need one. Now, we both hate the half pint nonic glass, don't we? With a passion. Yeah. With a passion. I, 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 I feel like it's not half a pint in there either. No, it feels like it's a third. Yeah. It feels like that's one gulp and it's going to be gone. I detest those I, little I glasses. Do. I wish pubs would get rid of them and get a decent half pint glass. I would then be more tempted. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the last comment from Simon at a Barley Wine is Life. Just a personal view, but it's rare that I order a pint nowadays but I'm in the minority. So those wanting a sessionable beer will usually want a full pint. Nothing wrong with that. But I do support bars and limiting measures for stronger beers. 
Thank you so very much. Good shout. I mean, um, and again, thanks for all the votes and the, and the comments. Yeah, a lot of the comments were similar. That's, I mean, as always, that's just a snapshot of, of, of the comments. And there'll be links to both of the polls in the show notes. If you want to read all the comments, you can click on those and you can see what people have said. But, but yeah, it, it kind of... It begun to shift towards where more of our thinking was. Yeah, once definitely. once we started getting into it, and hopefully, as as a result of the discussion that we have on this show, people will also continue to get involved in 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 this particular discussion. So, final thoughts on the prolific. Yeah, beer? I enjoyed it. I mean, like I said, I, I don't think I would have picked it up. So, thank you, Terry, for picking up something that I probably, even if I'd seen it, I might not have gone for. I think the most likely thing I would have done would have been if I'd been in somewhere it was on a. A small pour or a taster, I would have got. Yeah. I would have tried it, but it was nice. And you know, I said we weren't necessarily drinking at its freshest, perhaps, but we did. Uh, I think enjoy it. Yeah, I, I've I, I've literally just as you were summing up there, I literally took my last swig of it, and I really enjoyed that that last bit of it. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really scream beer. Um, no, it's very smooth. It's very drinkable. Very fruity. Fruit squash. But it's it's again. Sound like a broken record, it hasn't got the thickness to it because it hasn't got the oat in the build. Yeah, so we've refreshed our glasses. I've gone uh, back to the Goshi 0.5, which Steve could almost not order at the bar <laughs> a minute ago. Uh, what did you get for yourself, Steve? I've got a beer from Duration. Uh, this is called Dripping Pitch, and it is a, a West Coast uh, American IPA um, coming in at 6.7 percent. <sighs> Fucking hell. It smells amazing, doesn't it? Smells it smells brilliant. Actually, should, I, should I try it? Yeah, go on, try it. Let us okay. know. What, what did you think of the aroma? The aroma That's why was I'm trying it. lovely, piney and dank, and it would set me up for... I'd be incredibly disappointed if it didn't follow through on that now. You'd hate that. You'd, you'd absolutely hate that. I wouldn't, would I? No, it's really good. <laughs> it's... The, oh, it is really dank, and it is really... It's really like almost raw hoppy, like raw hops almost in your mouth, giving you that dankness. It then comes through as a little bit of citrus and then there's like loads of that dry grapefruit on on a oh, an incredible bitter finish. Okay, I'm gonna tuck into my ghost ship okay. 0.5. You, you, you enjoy <laughs> that then. Uh, and while you're tucking into your ghost ship, let's get into the, the, the second part of this poll. Opinions, hop. Opinions, opinions, opinions. Well, not the second part of the poll, the uh, the second question of, of, of the poll, should we say. So this one was, um, what is your preferred measure when drinking out? And we gave uh, a third pint, half pint, two thirds and a pint. Now, as we recalled, this poll is actually still live at the moment. So we can't give the actual results, but we can give live results. Okay. Um, so currently there's 869 votes. Thank you it. very much. So there's a lot of lot of votes. So thanks to every single one of you who's taken the time. And in the lead, where it's been since the beginning on 46% is, is the pint. And interestingly, literally since this poll started on Sunday evening to now... The pint has always been at around forty-five or forty-six percent. It yeah, hasn't, I haven't, I haven't it seen hasn't much moved from from there. Um, Two thirds of a pint was next at twenty-nine percent, nineteen percent for half a pint, and only six percent for a third of of a, of a pint. So that's that's really quite quite interesting. Okay, now you've got um, a it was a half pint of duration. I have. It's a very nice glass. It's uh, it, yeah, it's like one of those sort of stemmed bulb glasses. Yeah. 
Um, Not a massive stem, so it's almost like one you could hold as like a brandy glass type. Yeah, it's it's what I call because I've got one of these at home and it's uh it's Fuller's branded. Yes, so it's, it's what I I call a, a Fuller's glass. Yeah, I've, I've got a very similar for yeah. my Fuller's um, as well, and it does a half and two thirds measure. It does a third, a half, and two thirds. All in the one glass. All in the one glass. Assuming well, there isn't a pint nine on it, but I'm just wondering. I don't it, think it, it would could be a very there's no line. No, on and it. also the glass goes in, so I'm not sure you have got enough room yeah. there. Um, but much more attractive than the half pint nonic glass. That you're you're just under the half pint measure there, aren't you? It's because I've had a sip. Yeah. Yeah, but you are just but it under. Was, it was bang on. Yeah. The, that looks a lot better than the nonic. And it looks a lot more. Yeah. Than, than you get. So visually, surely that's well. better. Yeah. I'd I'd much rather half pints be served in glasses like this. I think that's what added to my. Um, enjoyment of Pluto from Tallside we had it in these glasses yeah it's amazing isn't it how the the, the, the vessel in which the liquid is served can have so much of an impact yes I, it definitely is I think but I, I think lots of places and lots of parts of the world have realised that before we did outside of beer we, we took a lot for other drinks we were good on that yeah you know you have your various glasses for various things but within beer we were very bland yes for one of a better phrase so again, let's take our views on on this first of all. Um, if you had to choose one of those, you probably did you, because you get to vote. Yeah, on, on the I polls. do vote on them. I, uh, I, where I, did you vote? I voted point. Okay, so because despite what you said, yeah, because I, I'm still going down that river. I don't want to not have the option. For me, it's all about the option of having the pint. And there are some drinks which that, first, especially like when you said earlier about that first pint of grain you had. I'd quite like you know, that first pint when you doesn't take too long to have it and maybe you're not really waxing lyrical about it you're not really thinking about it i think that definitely ticks the box yeah but as i said at marble we were able to easily switch between a full 568 milliliter measure we had uh halves and we had two thirds equally in the vic especially for their crafty offerings they will they have always had a much improved glassware for the crafty offerings and you've got three measures available in that one glass. Yeah. So it's not like you need to get lots of different glasses. No, normally their half pint measure for their craft beer comes in a tall half pint A bit like the glass. Peroni half pint yeah. glass, yeah. isn't it? It's a very similar sort of shape for that one, isn't it? Yeah. So I th- that's what I'd go for. You know, but if we go back to that thing of a day out or even I don't want to have too many, but I still want to have a couple, two thirds works really nicely. It can be just that that third less can just really help. Yeah, which is you know I suppose the two thirds sits somewhere in between the three thirty can and the four forty mm. milliliter version. So yeah, I would I went for a pint because I, I, it's not about me not loving a pint. And I I do think um we we have discussed this before. I, I do think that the size and the measure impacts on the flavour of the beer as well because I've had I've had tasters of cask beer in particular that I've I've not enjoyed but subsequently I've gone on to have a pint of it and actually the the flavour profile and everything that you get from it is completely different than from in the taster and, and, and we've experienced the same at bottle share in the past where we've had a beer that we've had before or, or we've had a beer that we then go on to have again you get a taster of it and it tastes completely different from when you give yourself a full oh, agree. Measure, no, measure of I, it. I do think uh, tasters of cast beers when they're done in those really in small glasses, and I know, I, I know that's what they do here in the Vic as well, they don't really work for me. They don't really give me a decent no, impression. It, it doesn't allow the beer to shine. No, sometimes it doesn't tell me how good it is. Equally, sometimes it doesn't tell me how much I'm not going yeah. to enjoy it. 
Um, so I'm not sure, really sure how, how much value they, they add sometimes, apart from it's still a good gesture uh, by the venue you're in. Yeah. Um, Let's dig into some of the, the comments. Okay. So from craft lover Mark Johnson, of course it depends on the strength and style, but I guess that isn't what you're asking. I'm a cask pint man at heart and makes up 80% of my out of house drinking. Pints are perfect. I think you should say what you mean again, Mark, as usual. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. And I, you know what, that actually sums up my view on it as, as well, is that it does very much depend on what I'm drinking. Probably much like yourself, if I'm, if I'm, on, if I'm on a session, that first pint is, is going to be a pint of yeah. something fairly low ABV. Well, there's been times where that, I message you, I trust. you're in the pub before me, I'll say, just get me a pint. Yeah, a pint of whatever you're having. Yeah, I'll let you yeah. make the judgment call, but bring in a pint. <laughs> yeah. Um, from Stu Chant, at Chant Stew. I'm sure many will say it depends on the beer style, but if we look at what we drink most of, then a pale ale IPA is always, always best served in a nice, tall, full imperial pint, enough to sit and chat with for a while without being back to the bar every 10 minutes. And there was a lot of comments along those that ilk. Yeah, both both Stu and Mark's comments are very, very reminiscent of what everybody was saying in, in terms of this poll. But equally... I've heard people who've come from other countries, whether that be the States or, say, Australia, who have found the 568 milliliter pint as just a lot of liquid mm-hmm. because they haven't been brought up on the same. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a few people that went for in a slightly different direction. So, Anton and Derbyshire at Bottled Hops. Generally, I'll go for a pint, but if there's a few, I want to try the thirds. If it's really strong, then probably a third of that too. Robert Haywood at Haywood Rob 31 I tend to go for half most of the time because I kind of want to try as many beers as I can, or as I like to call it, research. I, I like that. Yeah, research. We do a lot of research. We do. We do. As, as, you, as well. I don't think everyone appreciates how much research we do sometimes. No, no, I did a hell of a lot of research uh, <laughs> at, at, at the weekend. Yeah, just, I, just for the show. I did that for Leicester yeah, as well. Yeah, uh, depending on strength, if it's nine percent or above, I'll probably finish on a third. And then from your boy Rob Edwards at Rob Edwards uh, ninety. Pints if I'm drinking sensible strength beer. In the USA, sensible strength is a little higher as pints are smaller. And Pliny the Elder is very pintable. Yet to try that. Still on your wish list. Still on the wish list. I'm sure you'll get there one day, mate. Yeah, yeah. well, there's no point in having St. Swain for if you can't get there eventually. No, that's that, that's true. Uh, from Lack Beer Bassey, at Lack Beer Bassey, my favourite pubs are on the traditional side to only serve halves and pints. So I normally opt for a pint. There's a couple of pubs I go to, but do other measures where I'd go for two thirds. If every pub did it, I think I would go for a two thirds. That's quite interesting. Okay, so what two thirds is a standard measure? That's what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from the ale lady at the ale lady, I would have said pint all day, every day, five years ago. However, with the increasing ABVs and variety, I'd rather drink smaller measures. I'm really coming over to the two third camp, which I used to dismiss as profiteering. It's interesting. And I always used to think that as well. Oh, really? Yeah. But I suppose the first place I saw doing two-thirds regularly outside maybe Brewdog would have been the Draft House. Okay. And they had yeah. their own glassware. So again, not quite the goblet, but maybe slightly taller glass, but still look nice. And you could get two-thirds. Very specific measures on yeah. the outside, yeah. So I, I, I do get where she's coming from. Uh, from Lou on Brew, at Lou on Brew. Third every time. I'm beer promiscuous. <laughs> See, that's one thing. At least having 0.5%, I can say that word. Yeah. Uh, I want to try as much as possible. I can tolerate halves. Don't get me started on certain tap rooms on the beer mile who force you to drink schooners. 
Oh, it's an interesting point. Maybe that's a that's a discussion for another yeah, day. Yeah, maybe Lou, you'll have to come back to us with a few more details there. Y- yeah, uh, feel free to DM us if yeah. if you want to on that one. Uh, from Mark at Kelfire fired uh, thirds all the way. More variation, and if something is good enough, I can always get another. Sean O'Reilly at Uncrulier. Uh, if I'm drinking out, my focus is more likely to be on companions than the beer. I also like the rhythm of drinking in pints, sampling of lots of different beers, drinking stronger beers. That is more speci- speciality drinking than regular drinking. I enjoy both, but at different times. And I, I think, as you said earlier on, it, it was Sean that almost inspired this. Yeah, yeah, indirectly. When, when we went out for his birthday, he had no idea. He was just enjoying his birthday. <laughs> yeah, and but yeah, we did kind of get into a rhythm. We we had a couple of pints here at the Vic when we started. Yeah. Then we dropped down, and then it went. Yeah. To shit later <laughs> on. Um, and and then finally on this one from James at a gammon barum. Nothing can touch the unadulterated pleasure of necking the first pint of cask ale in about four gulps, chasing the ribs of creamy lacing down the sides to slake that unquenchable thirst. Sipping halves of 7% plus whatever doesn't quite have the same cachet. Poetic. Very poetic. Thank you, James. To, to finish this. Um, interesting discussion there. Yeah. And I, I think it's one that will keep going. And as always, uh, we encourage listeners to carry on getting involved. Use the hashtag. And you may very well find yourself in this next segment of the show. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know your thoughts and bitter in lingerness. Write it down. But before we get into that... Um, I'm just finishing this beer. What do you think of it? You drank it fairly quickly. Mate, it's it's lovely. It's, <laughs> it's really, really nice. I, I could have easily drunk more than a more than a half of it. I mean, like I said, the, the aroma was just everything I would be looking for in that. And it did look it looked beautiful in the glass. The aroma and the flavour, everything is, is bang on style in, in terms of West Coast IPA. Right now, um, I, I'm still going through my second bottle of ghost ship. I haven't rushed through it. You have a pint, Steve. I, d- I do have a pint. What do you have a pint of? Uh, I have a pint of Colonel IPA, uh, Mosaic and Columbus. Which it's is, only seven percent. It's fine. Which has come in a, uh, a I would I would argue a nicer pint glass sometimes. A, a much taller pine three, glass, it yeah. does it's enormously tall isn't it yeah and it, again very much based on I think the Peroni design very much that it's like the craft version just yeah. Peroni branding and a bit thicker glass but um, so come on then I, I know what you're waiting for you want to know what it tastes like yes okay, yeah, so I mean, I'll, I'll, I'm just going to yeah. I'm going to put it out there and say it probably tastes fantastic yeah it's good <laughs> that that is really good um there are all sorts of light citrus notes going on in that and the bitterness isn't overpowering but it's just it's it's probably what you'd call typical kernel bitterness yeah just it's it's just typical kernel it's there's not there's not a massive nose on it aroma wise it's all there in the flavor that though it's it's, it's everything you want um some oranges some lemons on that really dry finish but not overpoweringly bitter. It's just for for seven percent. I, I wouldn't have called that seven percent. I, I would have called that probably, I don't know, four, four, eight, five. To be fair, I would say that for the Colonel Pale beers, whether that be their American Pale Ales or their India Pale Ales, 
I think it's really hard to bracket the percentage. Yeah. You make an assumption. You can make an assumption because it's kernel. So somewhere between five and a half and seven probably is your ballpark. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe seven and a half yeah. sometimes. Some of their IPAs yeah. do creep up a little bit. But I'm not sure when you're tasting them, you can always pitch it. No, no. But that's um, yeah, that's really tasty. I'm, right, let's move on. So, sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. So yeah, These some, the things I do for this show. I know. Um, things I do for the show. Yeah, as, yeah. As well. yeah, yeah. I am that, drinking that, a, a pint of semi. Bloody hardship that is, isn't it? Um, some some of the feedback that we've had, and as always, we're re- always really, really grateful for the feedback uh, that listeners give to the show. Uh, it's it's what keeps the content growing. Um, so first up, we've got Craig Henderson at the MCR Smoggy. Only just listened to this. Great as always, and made me want to go to Hackney Wick. Very soon. I was surprised about the comments regarding guest beers in tap rooms. I like it. I think it shows the camaraderie between breweries and means more choice. Maybe a question for opinions. I know this is one we've we've spoke about this yeah, before. We've never, we? we have never done a full. I don't know if we've ever done a real full thing around we've it. We've never done a poll on it. But no. it's, it's something we could think about because I think people do have some very definite ideas. My one, I think, my very disappointing experience was a visit to Crate once, where there was only one Crate beer on. And I'm thinking, well, that's not what I was expecting. Put it this way, had when I went to the the Colonel tap room a couple of weeks back, had there been anything on but the Colonel, I would have been a little bit disappointed and been, maybe surprised. You'd have been a bit of a child, wouldn't you? Yeah, because I would have been like, I'm I'm here because I want to drink Colonel beer. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think this let's not expand on it too much there, but it, I think it's definitely a food for thought that one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, next up from Johnny Beerboy at Johnny Beerboy. Enjoying it as I'm at work in the office solo today. Clarifications and corrections. Fixed wheel are based in a wee place called Blackheath. I think we just said they were in Birmingham. Uh, well, yeah, we were vague. Yeah. Uh, technically a Birmingham postcode, although not really Birmingham. That, that, right, okay, there's too many Birminghams in that. I know people are trying to get me to say it properly, <laughs> but it's Too Birmingham. Um, also, can't wait to try that beer at GBBF Winter tomorrow. So, Johnny, if you did get to try that beer, let, let us know, know and, and, and let us know what you thought of it. Definitely. Um, and uh, again, from Pete at Hops and Hoops. Finished an episode before arriving at work on Thursday morning. A rarity. Great show, even if it wasn't planned. Very jealous of the trip to Budvar UK, but can't wait to listen. You will have to wait a little while. You will, but we'll, we'll cover that at the end. Yeah. Uh, craft lover Mark Johnson also already mentioned um, surprised about the Royal Oak I went there on the day I recorded with you and I'm sure it wasn't far from Martin's office I may have even referenced it on the show a trad pub pod crawl in the future perhaps um, that did pique my interest Mark because I actually went for a walk uh, so last Thursday in the city one of those nice clear crisp sunny winter days um, I'd had a really long week, uh, but I knew I actually had an afternoon when I didn't have any meetings. I just had to take a call. And I thought, I'm going to go for a walk, but I, I find it hard to just go for a walk. I need a walk with a purpose. You need a destination. Yeah. So I thought, okay, let's see how long it takes. It's about 20 minutes. At, at, I'd call it a fairly decent walking pace. Um, so you, from, my, from the city down to London Bridge, over London Bridge, past Borough Station, hook a left. Um, I, but I did have a very nice 20 minutes in there as the only customer drinking my, my pint of Harvey's and then walked back again. Lovely. And according to my phone and my Garmin, I did do, I burnt off more calories with the walk there and back than I consumed by having the pint. Excellent. So, but yeah, it was, uh, but yeah, there you go, Mark. You in, you inspired me there and uh, trad pub pod call in the future. I would definitely be up for that. 
I think we just need to find the right place and the right pubs. It'd have to be the right area because you don't want to have to, it wouldn't be like, you wouldn't want to do the Monopoly pub call where it takes a whole day No, be it, to find the right one. So yeah, but again, you know, more food for thought. Yes, indeed. Uh, so from Rich Taylor, at Rich Taylor 1608, uh, short but sweet episode this week, guys, and enjoy your Budvar trip. Looking forward to hearing that show. As you were recording before your monthly bottle share, what do you think is the key to a successful, long-running bottle share? Any suggestions for theme shares? Uh, it's a good question. I mean, I think part of it is the underlying camaraderie between the people who are there. I, I Between the... The kind attendees. of a core group. Yeah, and I would class everyone who's who was there the other night, for example, as friends. Yes, yeah. Whether that, Some were friends before the bottle share started, but some are most certainly friends purely through the bottle share. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a big part of it because we don't talk about the beer that much. No, we don't. We, we talk about other things. Yeah. I mean, so, g- generally, uh, Matt, Matt Chinnery, Half Pint Gent, and I, and maybe Matt sometimes. You were definitely having a bit of well, it was Royal Rumble last We'll, we'll end up having a discussion about wrestling. Me and Anna were doing football. You, you're, yeah, you'll do football. Others will do other things. Yeah. But it's not always uh, about the beer. And I think, uh, like I said, I, I said about there being a core group. That That's not like that. there's a niche group of us. I, but I'd say there's probably half a dozen people within our bottle share group that you could guarantee at every single bottle there will there will always be at least two or three of that core group agreed and and that's what it for me it's that group that keeps the momentum going yes yeah 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 and also um i would actually say not having themed evenings yeah we've we've spoke about it a few times yeah. uh, at the essex bottle share i think there was once a suggestion that we did a barley wine night which I think got shot down fairly quickly because it so Tuesday was just ridiculous. You know, yeah. me and Steve have done something similar for the recording at the end of the year, but we tried to plan it so it fits yeah. in well with our work, work schedules. Um, but we too, we do have we have two bottle shares a year that are slightly different. Um, yeah. So we have our birthday bottle share, which was the one that we had when before we the last show, um, where basically we don't bring the beers, we buy the beers from the Owl House as a thank you to Terry for hosting us throughout the year. But what we do is we put names in a glass and you pull your name out. When your name comes out, you get to go and buy. Yeah. So the earlier name comes out, slightly less pressure on you. Yeah. Um, and then we do a similar thing in July. And I don't I don't know how this one started, but it's always kind of happened. It's because it tie. It, well, it certainly used to tie in with the Summer Beer Festival. No, no. It, I remember why it was now. Um, because we've always... Um, Justin Mason, who comes um, at 1970s Boy on Twitter... Um, he, we, we kind of call him dad and he always chooses the order in which we should drink our beers based on on, on, on what he thinks will work was he, wasn't he there he wasn't there the first I think it was the first July but I still think the reason he wasn't there is because of the summer because beer festival because he was at the beer festival in Chelmsford but we all sat there and we was like well how do we choose the beers and I think somebody said oh just put the names in a hat and we'll pull them out so now every July we have what's called our lotto share <laughs> where regardless of the style and the strength all the names go into hat, and if your name comes out, your beer's next. And that very much works to, against us last year because the first beer that came out was an 11.5% Imperial <laughs> Stout. <laughs> to which Dan, whose beer it was, was like, I'm not having my beer go first. And we're like, Dan, it's the rules. He's yeah. like, no, it's, it's, it's just wasted <laughs> on, on you right now. And we're like, 
Then well, it's the rules. I would, I would argue it's not. It may, it may well be that the beers afterwards are wasted. Yeah. But, but a clean yeah. palate, or a fairly clean palate and a fresh palate, then I think that works. Yeah. But yeah, I wouldn't go... I mean, we've ended up sometimes, and, you know, Steve will attest to this, where we might end up with a bit of a Belgian evening or a Saison in the evening. But it's always by accident rather than design because a lot of people have those 750 bottles which lend themselves to sharing. Yes, yeah. Um, but an out-and-out theme, I think, adds a little bit of pressure because sometimes that means people have to go hunting for some things they may not have within the theme. They don't want to turn up with something which isn't part of the theme. Are, I mean, basically, there's like only one or two rules. You can't bring any Green King and you shouldn't bring something that's been showcased before. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. And then, you know, if someone wants to turn up with two 500 millilitres of trad, bring trad. Yeah. If you want to bring a 750 uh, bomber or something, you, uh, 750 bottle you brought back from the States, bring that. It's We've always kept it as loose as possible. So that even on the odd occasion, like uh, people have turned up late because of travel or work, they've literally just bought the beers from the alehouse on that night. Yeah. Because there is or, a Or en route. Yeah. yeah. So... No, I would avoid themes if it was my, if it was me, but it's definitely the camaraderie and the friendships that have evolved and developed over time yeah. that keep me going back. I think one more thing to add to that as well is, is we've also been quite lucky at Essex Bottle Share um, through the connections that we have and connections that other people in the group have. We've had kind of guest um, representatives almost from breweries that have that, that have come and joined us. So I know we've had. Um, Josh, who's now with Badvar, but was previously with Goose Island. Sorry, you're looking at me like you hate me. Came and bought uh, uh, the whole range of the Bourbon County coffees, iterations, stout versions from 2018. Martin wasn't at that share, but they were beautiful. Um, we all, we've also, I, I, I was ill. Yeah, uh, they would have been. They would have been wasted on me. We've also had uh, Stu from Yeasty Boys as as, yeah. as come to Bottle Share. When with Pirate Life, first Sean from Pirate Life. So we've had a few. Yeah, and, and Alex, who used to run the Owl House and is now living in Australia, but is a brewery rep in Australia, came back and bought a load of beers from the brewery he works for in Australia. Yeah. In Australia, and it's it, it's great that we've got that that that, that people can actually. And, come, and, and say, can, uh, we, can we come and bring some beers? Active homebrewers as well. Yeah, so we get yeah. to try some homebrews, which we wouldn't normally get access to. So there's lots of good reasons why it works. But I think at its heart, it's, and it's also regularity. Yeah. We don't do it when people can make it. There's a set day. It's, just, it's the first Tuesday of the month. If you can't make it, unlucky. Yeah, we don't change it. Yeah. So, But yeah, I mean, if anyone ever wants to get in touch with us to find out how we set it up and things like that, then you know, drop us a message and we'll gladly give pointers it's, it's the support of the place you're in as well. They do support us because, you know, they're, they're regularly changing the glassware for us. They give us a couple of jugs of water on the table. You know, but if I go to Chelmsford or anyone asks me where to go in Chelmsford, it's always the Alehouse. The Alehouse is the first recommendation. So, yeah, yeah thanks for that, Rich. Um, men behaving badly, who obviously I saw at the weekend. I do love that lacing's apparently now an MBB thing. Enjoying the show, guys. Well, it it's is. It's always been an MBB yeah, thing. Yeah, that is your thing. Lacing. Hashtag lacing. Yeah, I, I remember at the uh, the Crimbo Crawl, I finished my pint of pint, and it had beautiful lacing all the way down the glass, and I just went and left it in front of them. Yeah. And went, there you go, lads. Lacing. Yeah. Lacing and orangey, I think, <laughs> yeah. are the two ones. Yeah. If we, we've got Belgian-y. Um, from Lackbeer Bassy again. It was a great podcast, I think. <laughs> Keep reading. <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted to stop there. Was, um, I'll have to listen to it again because I couldn't take anything in after you mentioned the Cloudwater Barley Wine. I can't rest until I've got my hands on it. And that was mentioned quite early on. 
that was mentioned quite early on. Because that was Beery Adventures. There's been a few people that have also drunk it since who have also concurred with what I said about it. And I've managed to get a hold of another can, which I'm actually tucking away till Christmas now because I want to see how it develops. That'd be interesting, actually. I, I do probably need to get a hold of it myself at some point yeah. as well. Um, and uh, from Discombobulated, at Discombobulated, loving how the recent Beer O'Clock Show podcast them can be described in standard beer measures, a usual one being a schooner, episode 100 being a festival pint, and episode 101 being a quality third. But as I've said before, good beer is good beer, regardless of the measure. Hashtag opinions. I love that. That tied in quite nicely with the whole subject matter. It sums up the show, doesn't it? Yeah, (laughs) absolutely brilliant. Um, Keep those comments coming. Um, We we love hearing feedback about shows. um, Use the hashtag opinions. And also, if you've got a question, um, ask us a question. Use that hashtag. Questions, questions, fill my head. So, first of all, we've got from um, Michael at Mick McGrority. Uh, question for the show, should breweries be calling 0.5% ABV beer alcohol-free? No. Martin, <laughs> while I um, sit and enjoy my 7% pint of Colonel IPA, tell us your thoughts on the <laughs> on this one. I have to admit, I, I, I'll be honest, I don't give it much thought because I know that if I'm drinking sub 1%, I know it's not alcohol-free. But it did occur to me as a point that the guy I, sit, I currently sit beside at work um, for religious reasons doesn't drink alcohol I won't have anything that has so like Christmas cake if it's been made with alcohol he won't have the cake so he, he's a no alcohol person as in completely so unless you're making it nice and bold and the Adnams 0.5 does have 0.5 quite quite readily available on, it, on its branding then yeah you probably have to be a bit bit more careful and I do find it seems to be a bit of a grey area bearing in mind how specific we are about other things you referenced the measures earlier. We don't seem to be specific about alcohol-free. Isn't legally 0.5% is alcohol-free in the UK, is Yeah, it? because fermented orange juice yeah. or banana has 0.6 or something like that. So and, I, and things like Fentimans. Yeah. The, 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 the soft drinks, generally they have a percentage. But of- I said, when I, when I start thinking about it from a religious perspective, then alcohol-free doesn't tell you everything if it's just doing it as a reference point rather than being exact. So... But maybe this is st- it's still part of an evolving market, isn't it? It's still part of an evolving uh, trend that we've seen over the last couple of years. And what seems to be a exploding market in the early part of 2020. Yeah, so maybe as well. maybe th- that will start moving towards being a bit more specific and as, as our culture changes as well. Yeah. So, yeah. no, good question though. Yeah. Uh, and next up from Discombobulated at Discombobulated, if money experience wasn't an issue and you wanted to put your beer knowledge to work, would you choose to open a craft beer brewery, bottle shop, micro pub, or gastro pub, or something else? I'm going to stick with one of the four. Definitely wouldn't be a gastro pub. The terminology just annoys the hell out of me. Um, I reckon I would do a bottle shop, and okay. and uh, I'm not saying I'd work in it. So you- he says if money experience wasn't an issue. And I want to use my knowledge. I may not be behind so the counter. So you want to own it and manage it, but not actually do the graft. Oh, I want to be the, the trophy bottle shop owner. Okay. Well, I don't want to have to do the hard graft, but yeah. I'm going to have I'm going to have a lot of input. So, you know, it's not like football where the manager wants to have all the say. I'm going to be one of those annoying chairmen who says, "Oh, don't you think we should get in this in? What about this oh, one? Okay. Yeah. What yeah. do you mean you haven't got ten shelves of West Coast IPA in that fridge? <laughs> yeah, because that's what we want. That's, <laughs> that's, that's all the public want. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's give them what I'd go for the bottle shop, and also I think um, if if and when I do have to do a bit of work <laughs> properly, they tend not to be open as a later as a pub. And I'm not sure you have to quite 
absorbs so much of your life into the pub okay. versus the bottle shop. Pub, you really have to become part of the fabric, don't you? Yeah. yeah. I think maybe bottle shop, maybe not so much. I'm sure um, that's not to be disingenuous to anyone owning, running, managing a bottle shop. But that's just my gut instinct. <laughs> I, would go, I would go to the bottle shop. What about you, Steve? Can I have a bit of a hybrid? Depends what your hybrid is, because we know that people don't like hybrids and little choices and deviations, as oh. I found out from my desert island. I, I know, but I'd, I, I'd, I'd like to go for kind of a little bar, so I'm probably leaning more towards micro-pub here, but, but something that kind of changes during the day. So I'd, I'd, I'd like to have somewhere that was like a really kind of nice coffee shop the, that, that's known for its coffees and kind of afternoon teas and that sort of thing, but then has a bit of an evening vibe about it. Sort of like late afternoon, evening, being sort of like really good quality beer, craft beers, um, but then having an option of having beers to take away as, as well. So a bit of a bottle shop as well. You're getting very artisan here, aren't you? Y- yeah. Artisanal, um, that was the word I was looking for. I'd really like to do something like that. And I think I think the only thing that, that, that really springs to mind in, and, and I want to mention this because it, 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 it does feel like it's part of my DNA, is that, 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 that recently um, Little Leeds Beer House, um, that used to be in the Corn Exchange in they Leeds, moved, didn't they? has moved into its kind of parent company, I want to say now, which is Brownhill and Co's Bar. Um, now hosts Little Beer, Little Leeds Beer House, which has obviously always been owned by by, by the guys behind Little Leeds there. Um, and, I, and I think that's great that what, what that's given them is an ability to now open the beer shop for longer for people to come in and buy their takeaways, but you've still got the drinking option as, as well from fresh beer on, 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 on draft. And, and I really like that. I really like what they've done there. I think it's a great idea. I only went there once when the first Crimbo yeah. Corner went on. Where it was was such a lovely venue, though, as well. It was a regular visit for me when I was in. But I, I in, completely in, in understand Leeds. from a business perspective. Yeah. And football, then their their new move would appear to be a, a real good step in that direction. A- absolutely, and I, and I think over time, uh, I'll, I'll make this prediction now. I think over time, maybe the brand in Little Leeds Beer House will be lost, and it will just become Brownhill and Co. But that's that's a sensible decision because they'll they'll become known for for that one one offering, but. I'd, I'd like to do something like that, I, I, I think. So, but again, much like yourself, without having any actual physical input into it. You mean as in work? Yeah. So <laughs> I'd, I'd quite happily sit back and just do the social media. You, 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 you know, I'd, that, that, that's, that, that's what I can do. Yeah. And let somebody else that knows stuff run it for me. But um, two very good questions. And if anyone has any further thoughts on that one, or it springs off new questions off the back of it, then please let us know and you will get a readout. Yeah, keep, keep, keep them coming, use hashtag opinions. So just before uh, we look forward to what we've got coming up, um, we've got a little bit of a giveaway. We went through a bit of a surprise rebrand on social media. Um, well, it was a surprise to me when you when the Beer O'Clock Show icon was different when I was looking at my phone on the way to the football the other way. Suddenly week. became orange. Yeah, it's like, who do I know with this? <laughs> yeah, um, and, and that was as a result of Andy, who is the fella behind um, Art by Volume. Um, make sure to give him a follow on social media at Art by Volume. Um, who we asked if he'd, he, he's, he's, he's known for kind of doing record sleeves and book covers of breweries beers, but recently he also did a book cover for 
um, the craft beer channel and he did one for Pellicle and I said well you've done you've done a YouTube channel and you've done um, sort of writing you haven't done a podcast yet so and he came up with a, essentially a new brand for us yeah. which sums up everything that we are yeah um, and uh, recently he put um, that particular piece of artwork on his website for sale a percentage of that uh, every sale he makes on his website goes to shelter as as well, which is which is great. Um, so uh, we bought a few. Yeah. Um, we obviously bought one for for, for ourselves, and we was going to buy one to give away to our listeners. Um, and the package arrived at, at, at my house at the weekend, and there were a lot of of copies of it. And he said, um, "Please feel free to give these away to your listeners." So we're happy to say that we've got three copies of the Opinions artwork from Art by Volume to, to give away to our listeners, which Martin and I have signed as as, as well. So they are literally... Whether, whether that's increased or decreased the value, we'll let you decide that one. Either way, they're collector's editions. <laughs> um, and all you've got to do to be in with a chance of winning one of these is um, simply send us a DM and tell us that you want one. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to put all those names in a hat. So you've got until the end of February, that's Saturday the 29th of February, to, to send us a DM. Our DMs are open, so anyone can enter. Um, just let us know that you want one. We'll put all of those names into a hat. And on the next podcast in March, we'll get our guest host to, to pull out three winners. And Steve, who is our guest host on the next show? Our guest host on the next show is a beer sommelier, Natalia Watson, who is known um, for her podcasting at Beers with Nat. Yep. So um, I, I've met uh, Nat a few times before. She did one of the work beer tastings. So it'd be really good uh, to hear, to see her and to speak to her. Um, she's also just released a, her first book as well. So she's been a bit of a busy girl recently, as well as doing her uh, various exams in beer. So be really interested in what's coming up for her as well. Yeah, and if you've got any questions that you'd like us to ask Nat, let us know. Use the hashtag opinions. Yeah, uh, that's and the usual thing. Just send them over. Yeah, and, and, and you can get involved. Um, I think that's just about it, isn't that it? That is about it. Um, my final thoughts on the Ghost Ship 0.5. <laughs> in case you were interested. <laughs> in case anyone's interested. Exactly um, the same as his thoughts at the beginning of the show. Yes, it hasn't changed. Um, but I managed, I've had two bottles and I'm not sitting here thinking, oh, that was rubbish. No. Far from it. I do enjoy them, and but it wouldn't be what I'd normally accompany one of our recordings. But because we are recording in Colchester, and during the day, the easiest way to get here is just to drive. So being nice and sensible. And going to be in, uh, drinking plenty of Czech beer over the next three days anyway. I, I, I think we are, yeah. And there, as, as we said at the, um, earlier on in this show, so there will be um, a show from what we, we record while we're away. On, on, our, yep. on our trip um, but it's not going to be kind of a normal opinion show so we've got lots of opportunities to, to oh, record while we're away you know, and again thanks again to Josh both for the invite and organising and he has there are I think there will be four or five really good opportunities to record some really good content um, we'll then spend a bit of time with Steve will spend a bit of time with the editing we'll do a few links we'll throw a few of our thoughts in about it yeah, as well yeah um, Probably looking at it being in that sort of towards the Easter holidays. Yeah, essentially where we've slotted it in, in terms of our release schedule, is what would have been our opinions on film Avengers Endgame um, recording. But fear not, you will still get that oh, this that's year. that's still coming. That's still coming. That's still coming. We, 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 we 
we, we've set the bar at three hours and 15 now. <laughs> we want to know if we can go further with and, and keep people listening. And also, you, you'll be very interested when you hear about what beers we're having then as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But no, the, um, the, the, the Budvar trip is uh, it's a big thing for us. We're very excited about it. We want to make sure that we get the right content and, and we just we just don't feel that on this occasion going out there and trying to record an actual show while we're there will work so what we're going to get record is just loads of really good content and then as martin said we'll just stitch it all together and what you'll get is 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 a great overview of not just budvar but also the the, the beer scene in czechia yeah so i'm really look, i'm really looking forward to it obviously like i said by the time you hear the show we will have, have been um but as, as we record it's upcoming it is. So, um, my final thoughts. On, <laughs> I was trying to avoid that. On, on the Colonel IPA, he says halfway down the glass, is it's bloody brilliant. Um, it's everything you want from a Colonel beer on draft. And, and I'm, I'm very, very happy with that. Um, so, until next time, cheers. cheers.